Buckle up because on the She's Got Drive podcast, you remember that your brilliance is your birthright. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. And as you can see, I am still away, but this week I am away on my work retreat. I'm in a beautiful place in Mexico and um, moving around to different pieces. But what is happening is I am focusing on my work from here to the end of the year. Um, if you're waiting till October to look at your goals and figure out how you're going to achieve your annual goals by the end of the year, it's too late at that point. This is the time to pause, look at what you're doing and um, review what you're doing and then plan out your strategy for the rest of the year. I can share with you, I think on a solar episode coming up, I'll share with you some of the things that I do, but this is an important aspect of growth and development. And um, and I think I'd like, you know, I talk about living your life by design, not default. I talk about living your dream life, you know that. And I talk about executing on your dream, um, which is the name of one of my women's programs, as if you're, if you're an old G, Um, she's got driver then you would know that um so this is part of it this is part of how you create the life that you want you have to plan and strategize for those things so here i am i have the beauty of being in um the privilege of being in a beautiful space but um you can do it anyway so before i could afford to do this i would find a coffee shop or an art gallery um or um a museum somewhere where i love to be like in london it was the vna I take myself to some place where I could work that feels inspiring and I would do my work there. So if that's you, if you haven't reviewed your goals and some of you may be thinking, I didn't even set goals in the first place, Shirley. Listen, even though, you know, annually, most people set it in January, there's never a late time to set goals for your life, you know, so start now. You can absolutely start now. So in this, so I wanted to share that with you and isn't it just gorgeous 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 out here um so i wanted to to record this um in this place so um the other thing i want to say is if you are loving the show can you do two things for me two things the first thing i'd love you to do is to hit the share button in the podcast app whether that's your spotify app or your itunes or your google play or wherever you listen and share think about two or three women that are in your contact list and share the show with those two or three women if you're getting value make sure you other people get value and we can grow this community of women who are going after living their life um their dream life not their default life and and really executing on their dreams so if you want to expand with me the women with drive then um, please share the show. And then the other thing I'd love you to do is head over to iTunes and rate and review the show too, um, because it makes a difference on the growth of the show and um, and expanding what we're doing here. So this week episode, who do we have? We have Bronwyn Morgan. Now Bronwyn Morgan owns her own drone company. Yeah her own drone company. And so mm, you're going to discover something here that I, you know, was new for me. There's not many women moving in this space. There's certainly not many black women moving in this space. So it's really great to hear her story about how she got into it. And uh, and what I love about bringing her to you, I love bringing all, the, all my guests to you, but one of the things I love about bringing her to you is bringing someone who's working in a space that is unusual, that is not that is not the place where people even think about working and then seeing how through her story, how you two could get access to to it. But this is a, a gr- this is a business that's only going to grow because the demands are growing, of course. And and the thing that's really surprising in this interview is just how much drones are used everywhere and in so many different ways um, that I didn't even understand at that point how much they were used. So so there we are. I'm going to pass it on to Bronwyn and I'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bronwyn, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here with you, Shirley. This is fantastic. So I'm excited to find out like more about 
you and your work because I think I was saying to you before, I've literally never met anyone who does what you do. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, really? Can you share with with my listeners, like, what is it that you do? And then we're going to get to how you came to be who you are and, and the company that you that you run. Right. Well, thanks. Um, I have two companies in this space. I have Zio Air and Zio is an outsourced uh, AI-based drone services, data analytics and autonomous solution, primarily focused on inspection and mapping for infrastructure-based sectors, telecom, energy, and utilities. We also do catastrophe and disaster as well as climate and environmental observation and and civil infrastructure. So everything kind of in the infrastructure, critical infrastructure space, as well as uh, climate catastrophes, all these sectors that have adjacencies. Give me an example. So if I'm, when you say like a catastrophe emergency, like give me an example of something that happens and then you're called in to do what exactly? Right. So we've created a, a mission management portal that allows customers uh, in those sectors to be able to build missions and we dispatch our pilots until we get to full autonomy. We will then just dispatch the drones. But in the meantime, so let's say it's a hurricane response, mm-hmm. we would be called in post disaster to assess damage of it could be civil infrastructure, bridges, dams, roadways for emergency purposes, also for analytics of, of the damage for private sector companies as well, uh, utility companies, telecom companies, just to see where the repair needs to happen. So we would take everything from still images, high definition video, perhaps thermal, depending on you know the mm-hmm. situation. Uh, in some instances, perhaps LIDAR data. But it's all about the data and then the analytics so that the customer can make you know the best business decisions that they need to make, whether it's immediate, an emergency from evacuation to, you know, what repairs need to be made in the days, you know, thereafter to long term trends over time when you start to look at, you know, what has taken place in an area you know, disaster after disaster after disaster. And that could be everything from urban planning to insurance companies. There's just so many different use cases. Do they already have a contract with you? I mean, I'm still getting to the weeds, but I'm like, do they already have a contract with you? Or are you on a list where someone's like, we've got an an emergency, we're going to reach out to you? Like, how does that? It it, it could be both. It could be both. It could be a situation where we're pre-contracted and and most likely the contractors are on a list of companies that would be reached out to in the event of a disaster. Yeah. And and that's pretty much how it works. All of our clients would be able to engage with us usually through a contract. And, and that could, you know, we also have a subscription model where somebody may only need us one time. Mm-hmm. This may need us to do an inspection once, or it could be a situation where it's ongoing. We have a subscription program, but then we also have contracts for customers that have very unique needs, and we need to mm-hmm. kind of upfront identify what those special needs are and pricing so that we can be at the ready when we're when we're needed. When did you start your drone? When did it began? Like yeah. your, your passion for it. My passion for aviation and aerospace started when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, I've always wanted to work in aviation and aerospace. I wanted to be a fighter pilot and women couldn't fly fighters when I left high school to go to, I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. That didn't come on until many years later. And so I went a different path altogether. You know, during that time, I wanted to also uh, become an aerospace engineer and maybe work at JPL, become an astronaut. And uh, none of that actually happened. <laughs> and so uh, as an adult, after my corporate career, uh, I had been an innovation consultant. And when drones came up as a civilian commercial opportunity, I thought, oh, this is my chance. And the FAA created a, a, a special training uh, certification mm-hmm. for professional drone pilots. And so I studied and, you know, got that certification and since then have become an FAA drone pro and also an FAA safety rep rep on the FAST team, the FAA safety team. And, you know, I get a chance now to uh, live my my dream in aviation and aerospace, even though I'm not occupying the vehicle, I I do get to fly it from the ground. Right. So how long ago was that? When did you? I think I started the path in 2017. Okay. And, uh, took the exam in like 2018 I think that's about right yeah and I'm now a member of the Civil Air Patrol and get to do so many cool things uh in this space and we started Zio in 2019 Mm -hmm. um and then COVID 
happened. And so <laughs> here we are now in 2022 working on uh, building the company. Uh, and hopefully everybody, <clears throat> you know, stays healthy so that we can continue to engage with clients who are actually there and answering the phone. But, yeah, drones are, are, are I mean, drones are here to stay. This is definitely, yeah. you know, part of the future of, of, of aviation and aerospace. And the applications will be broad. So there's still a huge choice and there's still like a huge amount of opportunity and a big market expansion that's coming because we've really, I, we've only really like scratched the surface. We just, right you, you nailed it. We just scratched the surface. Yeah. Got so much coming. You know, we're an inspection and mapping company, but you've got drone delivery, uh, drones for, you know, medical use, mm-hmm. um, heavy, heavy lift drones for cargo, and then eventually passenger drones. Um, so your, uh, your ride share will now become aerial versus just ground based. Um, but mean? yeah. What do you mean oh, by yeah. that? Yeah. Well, so uh, I don't know if you've heard of urban air mobility. But uh, basically, you know, your your Uber will now be in the air versus on the ground. So larger drones, uh, uh, uncrewed aerial vehicles will carry people from destination to destination, mostly in a, a short range, you know, geography, uh-huh. rural, suburban city, you know, airport to home, from slightly vert- ports and skyports. Yeah. So all of that's coming online as well. So you mean like I land at O'Hare? And I'd be, and I'd get a drone home and it's just landed at Lincoln Park because it's near my house. Is that what you, you could, mean? That probably will become a reality before long. Yeah. What? Uh-huh. It's already being tested. The vehicle manufacturers are already in play. Funding is already being funneled that, that way. That's uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it is. You know, the Jetsons, uh, becomes a reality. Mm-hmm. So I work with much smaller drones <laughs> than that. That's going to become a reality as well. Wow. That is wild to me. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the future is going to be really unique and interesting on so many levels. And then if you think about, so when, so that's like, that's like you said, the bigger drones, but the, the ones that the size that you, the smaller drones, which is kind of like up watching, deliver, taking videos, dropping delivery, all that type of stuff. What, What's the future for us in the everyday? Yeah, you'll be seeing drones flying around pretty consistently, whether we are, if you see a drone doing an inspection of a telecom tower, construction site, surveying land, our agriculture uses drones very heavily already. You'll see drones. And then, of course, delivery drones will be, you'll be seeing those flying overhead as well. But a lot of the packages, packages, you know, your Amazon will come now to you versus you having to have, you know, somebody come to your door. And it really depends on where you live. You know, this right. whole the, one of the biggest challenges we have now is last mile delivery. And how do we get it from, you know, that last mile from the either the distribution center mm-hmm. or a local distribution drop, or it might even be able to come directly to your home. It just depends on how the infrastructure is set up that will mm-hmm. allow for that because there's, you know, there's safety involved and mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of uh, work going on right now to ensure that the the airway is safe for all of this new aerial traffic that is is going to take place because of Mm -hmm. course it's already it's already uh, i mean we we can't see how many like planes are in the air at any one time but we're like heavily populated and that's absolutely (laughs) traffic control is such a critical so what does that mean when you've got all these additional right airlines essentially of like competing for for space how high yeah. do they fly uh we have a limit of 400 feet above ground level unless we are inspecting a tower that is taller than that okay um so we would be able to go to the maximum height of that tower plus 400 feet with proper airspace authorization but on right. average 400 right. feet at agl or above right. ground level which is yeah. why we can be able to see it with the name obviously we're going to see yeah it. pretty much mm-hmm. okay. 400 feet still pretty high, but yeah, you'd be able, and you know, depending on the size of the drone, and you probably won't be able to hear them because 400 feet is still fairly high. Right. But they could be flying at low. I mean, if they're delivering, they would be, you know, dropping down below that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow is right. Really, I, I think what's so interesting because I don't. It's not something that I think about because I'm not. It's only because now we're in this conversation. Is now like 
I know. And it makes me confused how much of technology is moving forward and we have no real idea what's coming because it's not in our current, it's not in our mind currently or we're not, we're not going to keep tracking it. Oh my yeah. God. That is, yeah. It's I mean, that's insane to me, but I imagine it's really exciting for you because you it is. See. And it's changing so incredibly fast. I mean, every, you know, week there's new developments, both on the development side mm-hmm. of, of, of equipment and, mm-hmm. uh, services and then working with the FAA on, uh, how do you make sure all of this works together well and mm-hmm. the regulations and the certifications of the equipment and of the people. Right. So, yeah, there are a lot of moving pieces here. What made you decide to start a comp- this particular company? Of all, the, of all the avenues that you could have gone down, why did right. you versus something else? Well, we, and I was, as when I started, I said I had two companies. My other company is mm. called Airversity and it's a professional drone pilot academy. Okay. So I do both training, uh, with one company and consulting and then the services with Zio Air. I, I really felt that for this industry, the model was really around services and providing clients with an outsource opportunity who mm-hmm. don't want to carry all of this on their books, the innovation on their, you know, on, on their books as well, mm-hmm. because to keep up with this, the investment is going to get, you know, more intense and more right. intense. The regulations, it is a lot to manage. More aircraft on an ongoing basis, people, skill sets, and that's a lot. And so we wanted to make it easy for companies that just needed to say, you know what, we want to outsource it. Mm-hmm. And the reason I chose the sectors I did is because, and this is before the infrastructure bill and, and all that, mm-hmm. it's just because both inf- infrastructure, climate, and catastrophe are all three things that are in the news constantly. Right. And I want to make sure that systems, infrastructure systems stay up and running. I think as a, you know, as a, as a globally, and not just as a nation, but we've mm-hmm. seen what it's like when we are short staffed and when people are out and how do things get done, you know, during COVID. While it wasn't, wasn't necessarily about, you know, electricity going out or telecom going out, we really did create a whole new way to live and recognize like, how does this happen if that doesn't work? How, you know, how would this happen if this happens? These people are out. And so I recognize that, you know, we do have a need for, for this and, you know, we're getting into autonomous capabilities as well because, you know, I know that eventually us behind the controller, it's, we're already going away. You don't need the pilot standing on the ground with mm-hmm. the drone, mm-hmm. except in very unique situations. Everything can be done autonomously, especially for infrastructure that's in remote areas and right. hard to reach areas. Right. And we just want to make that process a lot easier. I think about, this is so interesting because I think about, I don't know why this is coming up for me, but I'm thinking about like, because you talked about disasters, I'm always thinking about areas of the world where it's really difficult to get services to those areas or to build infrastructure. Yeah. So as a way of getting access to those areas using drones to deliver material and I, I'm just yeah. thinking, I'm thinking of like developing nations. Yeah. How do we, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you bring to those, those areas, which are just difficult to get, get into big, you know, like to yeah. make a difference. Oh yeah. That's, what, that's what's coming to my, I don't know. It's kind of right. Yeah. No, are being, I was working yeah. with a client last week, which is um, thinking about some of this, some of these challenges. Mm-hmm. So that's what's coming to mind. But I think how technology like, Drone technology can be so helpful. Absolutely. In addressing needs like yeah. that, planning for, and like you mm-hmm. really address that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's wow. being able to do that to, to, to get to, to get to those places. The biggest challenge for us as an industry right now, mm-hmm. uh, are, is battery life and fuel, uh, okay. cells because we've got a limited amount of time in the sky just yes. because the technology hasn't caught up yet. So you're seeing companies that are creating drones that are run on hydrogen. You do have Evatol's electric vertical takeoff and landing, um, so that you do get longer range and, you know, there's gas mm-hmm. powered. So as long as you've got the right strategy for your power source, mm-hmm. then yeah, you could reach uh, locations that are very, you know, slightly further away than others. Mm-hmm. But that's something that the, you know, industry is working on now. How do we um, sustain ourselves aerially with long-term 
fuel uh, alternatives that allow us to to do that. Because uh, of course, the bigger the battery, the bigger the drone needs to be right. to carry the battery right. and the rest of your payload. So these are all things that people are thinking about. But to to answer your question, absolutely, this will help, uh, especially cargo drones, when it comes mm-hmm. to delivering. Mm-hmm. larger packages to people in, in areas of need right. or during a disaster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Co- okay. You know, the, the the Coast Guards use them to rescue people at sea by dropping down, you know, lifesavers and uh, life vests. But you could be somewhere and you need medical equipment to hold you over until you can actually reach emergency services or emergency services could come in in one of those larger passenger drones, like an ambulance drone mm-hmm. that, you know, either has one attendant on it or, you know, put you in there and it's autonomously flown, and then it could get you to the nearest, you know, medical support. How many black women are moving in this space? Yeah, there are, there aren't as many of us yet as there will be. I probably personally know of about 12 of us. Um, okay. There are more, uh, just don't know them all. The women in general are growing in this field a big time. You know, every time I go to a conference, I'm seeing more and more women in leadership right. roles, more and more women who are chief pilots. Iris Automation has a chief pilot, Cheryl. Uh, UPS has a chief uh, pilot, and I can't remember her name, who's a woman. You, sure. In Chicago, you've got uh, Sharon Rossmark, who runs Women in Drones, which is a global organization, uh, who's wow. a black female dedicated to women in the industry. So I would say, you know, probably 12 to 20 of us in the U.S., at least, that I know of off the top of my head. But that number will be growing um, significantly. How are women gravitating towards I mean, I, I think just like anything, you know, <clears throat> tech period, you know, the, these mm-hmm. are these are the careers of the future and yeah. people uh, all different walks of life are are embracing it. And, you know, it is primarily male, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of goes hand in hand yeah. with tech. But you've got women, you know, who are coding and engineers. It's just these are the, the jobs that the future demands and yeah. people get ex- are getting excited about this. Like wow, this is a completely different alternative to right. what I had even considered. Yeah, this is this is the exciting part. I I can see that. I it's like just even me. I'm like I'm really in the wonderment of it. You know, when I was here, as I listen to you share about it. Um, so when you think about what was your life before this work? So what were you? You you said you were. You've worked in corporate, but what were you doing? Yeah, How yeah. In your career, well, I started off at Procter and Gamble. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in sales and you know, in sales management, and then got to work on some cool upstream innovation projects. You know, more strategic brand development and, mm-hmm. and, and product development work, but still always representing sales. And then I spent uh, many, many, many years at the Coca-Cola company, also in sales and, and uh, you know, high-level responsibilities. And then had a really cool job where I got to work out of, you know, in out of Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and other tech locations vetting new technology for the company. And that really started to kind of turn the wheels again right. uh, for me of my love for, you know, innovation. And after I left corporate, did another entrepreneurial venture for a while, and then the market crashed. <laughs> and then went back to work in a couple of different roles that I worked at the university level. And then, you know, I became a um, in, an innovation consultant and was working with Fortune 500 companies on innovation strategies. Was looking at and touching all kinds of new innovation, you name it. Then drones really started to make a mark, and I was like, this is it. So left that behind and jumped into this. Here I am. Wow. What did, what was it about the, what, cause that's quite a, from sales to innovation to drones. Mm-hmm. It's not an obvious connection. No. So it's not like you're like, I was an engineer. I was, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. I was a mechanical um, engineer and I decided to, that would feel like, so what was yeah. it that really, was I think it was that spark from from being a kid. I think it okay. was that that spark, and I'm like, this is it. And then my business experience when it came to the company part, you know, running the company, right. that you know, obviously that speaks for itself. But right. the transition, you know, and I tell people that nothing about aviation or aerospace is intuitive. You know, you just don't say, oh. I, I'm, I'm, this is how that works. You gotta <laughs> know it, you know. Right. It's, and then there's regulations that are just 
they're regulations are regulations. You try, you practice, you fail. You know, working on building a startup. So startups weren't a new mm-hmm. thing for me. It's as much of a challenge as it is exciting. And okay. so, you know, all the aviation stuff I'm I'm having to learn. Um, even though I had a love for it and I had some understanding, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't my core career. You know, the leadership, the uh, but I, I think more importantly, it was being open to something that I have passion for. Right. On days when I'm tired or I might not really like, I'm like, how does this work? It's the passion that kind of keeps you pushing right. through so that you can get it. And then I surround myself with really amazing, smart people who have deep experience in a lot of areas that I don't. And because I, you know, I'm like, I can't know all of this, every right. little piece of everything. So yeah, I've got some experts on my team that help, but you know, I was able to, to jump in and, and, you know, the FA, I was selected to become a drone pro and a, an FA safety reps. You know, I've, I've been picking up pretty quickly and being a voice in the industry mm-hmm. around safety and operations. And I, you know, I always believe that the best way to learn something is to teach. And hence, you know, I started Airversity. So it's, it's, you gotta, you know, you just, and it's repetition. You just keep looking at it and figuring it out. And the cool thing about it, Shirley, is that, you know, the industry is so new. A lot, you know, it's the one time in my career where Unless you were, you know, deep aviation experience, it's new for everybody. Right. And even right. for those folks, I know people who were fighter pilots, people who were right. commercial pilots, people who were engineers, they might get one, this part of it, but the rest of it is like, this is all new for all of us. Yes. And there's so many components to this. It's, it's not just the drone. It's the communication aspect of how mm-hmm. the drone communicates it's the photogrammetry and it's the and you know the data processing and analytics because uh, at the end of the day for me it's just a tool to collect data and that's what the drone is for it's really you know we're a data company we just get the data from the sky so as much as we're you know about drones we, we really most importantly what the customer wants is they want the data so they can make no. decisions about what they need to do. Yeah, that's right. all the really the drone is for. It's really it's about data collection and the sensors that you're using. So mm. let's um. So what would one of the questions I always ask my guests is like, what? How would you? How do you define success? So in terms of your life, how would you define success? And maybe in terms of like this journey that you're on in your in this passion project that you've got, how would you define success in terms of that? The first one I think is, um, am I delivering something that provides value to an end mm-hmm. user? When I hear feedback that, hey, you guys, you know, for rock stars, you did a fantastic job. This has helped us. And, or you're this new idea that you're thinking about. I was on a call recently with a customer that we're targeting and they were just like, okay, so wait a minute. When are you going to have that ready? Are you going to sell those? We want to. We'll be first in line to buy them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and so those kinds of things, I think for me is like, this is, this is, this is success. Cause see, people want what we're creating. The second part of that is how do I feel, uh, you know, every day when I'm doing this? Do I feel energized? You know, running a startup is so hard. It, it, and even, like I said, on those days when you have no motivation, it really is about the passion and the discipline that right. kind of keeps it going because it's just like, yeah, I love this stuff, but I'm tired. It's the, hey, I've mastered that. I've learned this. And not only have I learned it, I'm teaching other people, and I've mastered it. I've delivered right. against what my value proposition is. So I'm mastering the understanding of the product, and I'm mastering the delivery of the solution. And then I think, you know, the, the last one is, uh, and not y- quite yet, <laughs> but does it deliver for me a a lifestyle that allows me to have the balance that I mm-hmm. eventually seek? And, you know, in that, you know, I can spend more time teaching and giving back to the community, but also more time with my family and more time from, you know, for myself and to get right. to do the things that I want to do. And so that's coming. <laughs> We're not there yet. But um, that to me is success. What's your ultimate vision for yourself then? Yeah. And your, yeah. And your life. 20 years ago, if I had started this company, it'd be very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to build it up. I want, we've got some exciting things that we're developing that, I mean, will really be uh, a challenge and I'm ready for it. But, you know, I'd like to get the company to a point where people are going, knocking on the door saying, Hey, 
we think we want to buy that. <laughs> um, right. That would be great, you know, to get a couple of, you know, funding rounds under our belt mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really have a presence in the market with, you know, market share and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, say, okay, is it, is it time yet? Or, you know, what, what do I do? How do I pick an eventual predecessor for, uh, for this? That would be, you know, long term. And I was just talking to my head of dev earlier. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you'll, you're going to do something else. And I'm like, yeah, I do have another company in the wings in the back <laughs> that, that is just kind of sitting, it's just sitting back there waiting. And I said, right. I might, but I've got some other things I'd like to do eventually, but we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm, I'll be at the reins for a while. When you think about, um, what makes you, you, you know, like there are, there are so many people who, Number one, start company, start working for themselves, but they're not really starting building companies. The majority, particularly of black entrepreneurship is solopreneurs. They're not, they're not building businesses, building firms, right? And there's certainly, as you said, a handful really of black and women of black women and women of color in the field. So what is it right. about you that has you like be doing this? What do you think that's yeah. the, what's, what are the aspects of you that has you like be the one? Well, I don't, you know, I don't definitely think I'm, I'm just the one, but, no, but um, in terms of, yeah, this yeah. expression of it is you. Right. I mean, it has the yeah. other, other women have their expression, right. right. their expression. instead of your, your expression of, yeah, like what, what is it about you? Well, I think it's tenacity for sure. I've, I've had that my whole life ambition uh definitely uh tenacity probably even even before ambition but and I do think it's just the years of business experience mm-hmm. you know that I've had that help me think about this as a business and not just as a, a fad or like something I'm excited about but how do we really you know work to engage customers and it's tough you know it's it's there aren't like you know we were just talking there aren't many people that look like us that are knocking on doors uh to provide services you know people are like oh, where did this person come from <laughs> but you know i i I'm, again the tenacity i'm just going to keep coming if not we'll pivot and we will find the right partners and customers. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what it takes to run a business of any kind. Because nobody is, especially when the, you know, black women receive less than 1% of all VC right. funding. And so, and I'm pretty upfront when I talk to VCs and I'm like, Hey, have you invested in women of color before? If not, you know, I don't want to waste your time if, you know, you've met your quota <laughs> or right. if you've not and you've got to take me jumping through hoops i'm not interested in that right um i'd like for you to vet this based on what it is and listen to me because oftentimes i think i can't speak for every black woman but i know for myself it's not what i'm saying they're listening for what i'm not saying Mm. and i'm like you're not even hearing me you are measuring me through some lens that i'm I, I, i that's your lens it's not mine so i can't see through it and I, you know, and I, and I think it's the go where you want it mentality for me too. You know, finding customers as well as um, funding sources where you're wanted and people mm-hmm. want to hear from you and mm-hmm. they want to work with you and they are open to you and they give you opportunities and they're listening to you. Right. Um, and they see, you know, your vision, this kind of Tony Stark future that I'm working on. It's tiring, but I just, you just keep going keep pushing, strategically keep you keep right. going it reminds me you know because Arlen Hamilton talks about you know she's um she talks about the underestimated yeah you know, uh, the people of color lgbtq community you know like we're just the underestimated like this huge talent and the money's going elsewhere and so that her her focus just purely being on those groups of new businesses, I just think, yeah, hopefully that, well, she's been able to like raise the, raise the, in the VC community, just raise the conversation to a different yeah, level. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that she's been able to do, but she's one person. <laughs> one I person know. trying to make a difference in a big, big, yeah, I'm a big fan of hers, and yeah. I, I applaud her for what she's done, and she puts it out there, you know, I, I straight with no chaser, right. and I, I love that about her, because that's what it takes, and, you know, uh, Arlen's presence, um, 
is has has I mean it, it's she's inspirational, um, mm-hmm. but she's made a difference right. for a lot of founders. I've had a chance to talk to her team on occasion on, on different topics, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I love what she's doing. Um, you know, it's like we came. And she has a quote. I hope I get it right. You know, we came for the cake, not for the crumbs, and right. and I love that, and you know, I believe that. Um, our clients eventually will be global. You know, right now mm-hmm. we're, we're focused on the U.S. because that's mm-hmm. where we're currently certified and all of our pilots are. But we will be looking to move beyond um, the shores of the United States for other opportunities. Fantastic. You know, and she's, she's got drive. So what, what's your main driver in life? What, what motivates you? I think it's just my own bar of can I do this? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm an only child. And so I've always just created my own world my own space and uh, you know often been underestimated um mm-hmm. and i just keep jumping in and and i it, and it's there's always a bar for you that's set by others but mm-hmm. i just create my own and people are like what are you doing how did you get into that and i'm just like you you don't really you've yeah. not really spent any real time getting to know me if you are still so shocked by that if you're still, and, asking, um, if you're still asking me that question then i'm you- like you have you ever asked me what I liked and, you know, what would I be doing if I wasn't doing what I used to do? Right. But, um, you know, it's just kind of setting the, my own bar for myself mm-hmm. and continuing to to leap it and learning mm-hmm. uh, and just pushing the envelope. I mean, that's what we're really for me. That's what I'm here. How do I push the envelope of my own self, you know, actualization? Right. Um, you know, I think Wayne Dyer says, don't die with your music in you. and I want to be able to say, you know what? I did everything I wanted to do. Right. It's time to move on to the next experience. I, you know, I did that. And, uh, with the suit that I was given. And, and I, I think as a, a black woman, it's nice to, to be a pioneer in a mm-hmm. space and, and, and work to change the face of things. And, uh, and so that's my, my drive. That's beautiful. I, when you were speaking, I just kind of just imagine like, like you have these arcs and as you come to the end of that arc, a new arc just kind of arises, like a new vision arises on the horizon and then you're going for that. And so there's never a point where there isn't a new arc showing up. For mm-hmm, you. Like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because and the, it doesn't have to be as big as a startup, you know, it's, uh, there, there, right. can be, there can be other arcs that are right. less tangible. Um, but that are nonetheless equally as, as important and, mm-hmm. and challenging. And what's the, what's the biggest challenge that you've had in your career? Yeah. Oh, in my career. Um, I would say, you know, being, um, um, one of the first in the door in, in different places mm-hmm. and, you know, dealing with the, all that comes with that. Uh, you know, the questions, the being looked over, mm-hmm. the, uh, and then being pushed and promoted at times and, and still some questions. That, you know, that's challenging when you know it's like, I should probably be doing that by now. And then you look around and you're like, but how did these people get to do that? Right. And I'm, no, right. how does that work? I think that's probably one of the, the biggest challenges. What's your strategy for coping or dealing with? You know, you try not to internalize it. You can't help it. Mm. Uh, but you then just, you perform. And then you, you make a choice to move on. You, you don't have to linger in spaces. Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to be where you want it. You don't have to linger in spaces where you're not wanted, but you can perform, build uh, incredible relationships with the tr- with your tribe that is in those spaces right. and leave your mark. And then you just you continue to move on because where you're supposed to be and I always say, you know, the, I don't always say, but the water always finds its level and you will find the next best place for yourself. But you also do it strategically. You don't need to hop from lily pad to lily pad mm-hmm. every every mm-hmm. week. But you but you stand up to the challenge. And I think now more than ever, people are empowered to speak up and out. You know, as a Gen Xer, I, you know, my environment was still a little bit more, mm-hmm. you're a bit more cautious. Right. You don't want to step out too far. Um, but now, you know, you can step up and challenge the system very openly. Uh, and we did then as well, you know, challenge it as a, as a woman, challenge it as a, right. as a black person. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about perform. Are you learning? 
And for me, am I learning and am I performing and am I delivering in my role? That is, has been, you know, very important to me. And I think that that has helped me cope. Yeah, it's interesting because the being underestimated being leads to being challenged, being questioned, and still, as you said, managing not being not internalized in the conversation because it's such a repeated experience in a lifetime of a career, right? So it is. That really takes something to not start to believe the the messaging that's coming mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. to still keep rising. Mm-hmm. You know, and um and be so so getting that when you say like not staying where you're not wanted like really understand like I have choices yeah exactly I don't have to be here it's so empowering and even when you, you know, choose to stay like exactly what being is I'm not I'm not like staying because I have to I'm staying because I'm I'm choosing to. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And then bringing up people behind you so that they can continue to fill that pipeline. You know, that's mentoring and and, and hiring and and promoting if you're, you know, a manager, but ensuring that you are building a pipeline because that's the kind of network that then starts to make um, a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the questions that I ask is, like wisdom that, like, I'm curious about wisdom that you gained from an elder woman. Uh, it could be your mom, it could be an aunt, it could be a grandparent, but something that has stayed with you, something that you, a mantra maybe that you live by or insight that kind of resonates with you. Is there anything that comes to mind? I call it the what mama used to say question. You know, it, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily one mantra, but mm. I think it's just one you know, education, continuing to to grow your own knowledge base, uh, mm-hmm. you know, formally as well as informally. And, you know, this this belief that you can you can do anything. And I know that sounds trite, but it is true. I, I heard that mm-hmm. uh, from certain people as I was growing up in my family, mm-hmm. you know, kind of no limit thinking is what provides a base of of being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, and it's so important when you're young to hear certain things because it does stay with you and it forms your philosophy mm-hmm. of, of, of how you live. And even in, you know, with some of the biggest challenges that I've had, it was like, I, I, I can overcome this and I can do anything. As I grew older, I, I recognized that it may not turn out to be in the original form that I thought, mm-hmm. but it will, it can come to fruition if I choose it. You know, I might choose to not do that. And nobody can, nobody can really stop you. They really can't. Mm. They can try, but you can push your way through. Mm. That's really great. I mean, it comes back to the word tenacity, actually, that you used earlier. That's one of the ways that you describe yourself, and and you can see how that's connected to the messaging that you got as a as you grew up. You know, like you can just keep going and get on with it. Mm-hmm. If there were some advice for other women who wanted to like get into the space that you're in, what advice would you give them? Oh, come on in. And, you know, get your understanding of what of where you might want to fit in the industry, because there's so many needs. But, you know, learn the parts of aviation that are interesting. Learn the parts of the technology that you feel. Is it hardware design? Is it software development? Is it piloting? You know, what is it? What part of this Mm -hmm. um, do you want to be in? You know, come and get your your certification and learn how, you know, mechanically it works. Just start networking and connecting with people in the industry if you are you know wanting to work somewhere for a while if you're younger to learn some things great if you want to be an entrepreneur the field is wide open so come on in and don't listen to the naysayers if I hear one more person tell me oh well this and that part is this and this is hard and I'm like yeah so what it's like yeah everything's hard so yeah, I'm, I'm here to help make it less hard. Right. So it, it, I, I can I can look like me and do hard things. <laughs> and I'm like, come on in. This is a field that's wide open. Yeah, and growing. I mean, it's just 
we're just as we start just scratching the surface yeah you are the potential is incredible Uh for you to be at this part this stage in the journey and Uh then see what opens up and i think it's certainly for what one for us to like pay attention to and watch and it's like i know i'm now alert to it so i'll be yeah looking out look up yeah looking out looking up looking up and seeing and I think the thing is about the thing about technology sometimes we could be so um it's because we're like I don't understand that you know it's kind of like an attitude like I don't understand what that means so we just don't even engage in it and really, we've got to keep track. I think it's yeah. so important to keep track of what's happening. It's hard because there's a lot going there's on. <laughs> I mean, across so many different aspects of te- technology. I mean, it does, you know, it's great to take a read of, you know, some of the tech magazines just to kind of give yourself an understanding of like, oh, right. you don't have to know, you know, a deep dive into everything because mm-hmm. some things are for, um, um, you know, civil consumption and mm-hmm. other things are like that's kind of a behind the scenes thing. Right. But it's good to know what's going on in science and in technology because it's all moving so quickly. Um, you know, I'll read them. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was happening. And it at least helps me build my awareness so that mm-hmm. I can tap into that or at least know that it's coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got, have you got time for one more question? I sure do. Yeah, I'm curious about like, how you take care of yourself in a because I imagine you said startups are hard it's stressful if yeah. you're dealing with like supporting organizations around emergencies and things like that the importance of the work that you're doing how do you take care of yourself as you do yeah you know I, I teach meditation also and so my my mindfulness training um is a big part of what I do and I try to keep mm-hmm. one space more sacred where you know like I don't allow shoes in my bedroom and Mm -hmm. uh, my candles and you know my night my evening ritual for myself Mm -hmm. I have a lot of family care responsibility as well and having some time to steal away and you know I'm I'm glad it's summer now because I like going to the park doing my walks and my time just to sit and think I don't even like I don't want to listen to music I just want to sit just look at the trees that and now you know an occasional spa day I just start getting my nails done again mm-hmm. I don't know how long that'll last cause I'm <laughs> always out doing you know touching stuff but that is has been um that's critical you know just these just these small moments mm-hmm. uh, for me and my, my quiet time is I, I have to have that uh more so than than anything else right um and then I just start collecting Funko Pop little characters it, you'd know them if you see them i my the first one i bought was um which one is this one? Oh, from star trek lieutenant uhura like, um, like with the, the, the black the big heads? yeah yeah oh I you just can see like that. the japanese stores type kind of, yeah yeah that, like, yeah 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 so i yeah. just started collecting those i got that one then my second one i just bought was bruce lee you know i don't know how many of these my <laughs> son's got some because my son's into kind of japanese stuff and uh-huh. there's a there's a store. Let me go. There's a store in Chicago called Rotofuji, mm. and um, they do that type. They sell some of that stuff, and um, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So that's like some, that my other little advice, my other little vice, and and uh, and now that I'm, I think COVID is kind of balanced. I'll mm-hmm. knock on wood. I'll be um, kind of going back to my to my gym now. Feel feel fairly safe and get mm-hmm. back into my to my weightlifting. So. That that's but you gotta have some time to quiet your mind and yeah. some time for your for your body. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I've been going back to my I've been back at my gym for it's a very small gym and it oh back, yeah it's a small gym. See that's great. And it's so I go at five thirty in the morning, six o'clock. So it's very limited how many people yeah gym, and it's me. Sometimes it's just me. Yeah. Really occasions with me. 530 is just hard day. for me. Oh, is it? I'm a, I'm a morning person. So. I am too, but it's like, I've done the morning workout thing, like, and I'm like, oh, and like, <laughs> if I can maybe make like a seven or 730, right. but boy, 530. I know people that do it at 430, and I'm like, you are oh, just a I beast. Oh, I think because that's an early wake up. I mean, I, I, I can get up and then leave and then. Yeah. 530, 6 o'clock, and then I'm in, and then. 
You're done. Start my day, I'm done. If I don't right. do that, then it's and then I know that traffic's true. You know, I'm just like, yeah, in. I can time yeah. it. I'm not yeah. traffic on the way, but I just like it sets up my day. But I know when I'm the difference between when I'm regularly in the gym and I'm doing that, and when when I'm not. You can and tell. It's just you can completely tell. You can. You can completely tell. So self care. let's. So let's end on the self care. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thanks for having me on. Oh I my gosh. It. Thank you so so much. I appreciate you so so much. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of She's Got Drive and listening to another woman who really represents a woman with drive and represents the dream life that we are all aspiring to, which is having the life that you truly want and that you deserve. So um, I loved Bronwyn. As I said, I love that she's operating and moving in a space that is so different and that she she's creating and leading the charge here so if that's you if you think actually i've never even considered that as uh as um as a possibility there you are there you have it what other kind of businesses that you might have had a thought about and you've just like decided that i can't be that because i don't move in that space or i don't know people in that space or i don't even know if i can own a business in that space or the barriers to entry because it costs so much to to start a business like that if that's you don't be stopped by that you know be inspired by Bronwyn's story and then go after it the other thing I want to remind you of is as I said to share the show rate and review the show on iTunes and um, and follow me on Instagram for more life hacks and life tips that I'm sharing there regularly and keeping it and sharing that and on LinkedIn She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltalina. The song is by Satoria Key and it's called Back To Me, which is a really inspiring song. I'm so proud that she has allowed us to use this song in this season. Um, going forward, She's Got Drive. You can download Back To Me at um, she'sgotdrive.com. There's a link that will send you to the page where you can download it. It's only a dollar for the song. Can we please support Satoria? Rather than just listen to it for free, can you buy the song? One dollar. Just buy the song and support her. Um, a, an amazing artist. And um, and she does live shows. We're going to have her on the show um, soon. So she's booked um, to have the interviewed. I'm really excited to find out more about Satoria and her, her music career and what she's up to. Remember, we are building a community of women who are going after their best life. So keep driving towards your dreams. And until next time, I'll see you. And I'm going to head back to my work retreat. Bye.